is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we have an, a very important topic that it is important for you to get up to speed on as fast as possible. And that topic is, let's be blunt about it. Let's get right down to the, to the target. America has been under an all-out communist Marxist assault since the late 1800s. Now, the Bolshevik Revolution, also known as the Communist Revolution, happened in 1917. It has continued with momentum ever since that time. And now we're approaching a critical stage in that the communist revolutionaries, the Marxist activists and revolutionaries, have so effectively and so deeply penetrated and infiltrated all aspects of our society. So at a certain time, and that time is not that far off in the future, at a certain time, America is going to come to what we would call a tipping point. And depending upon who exerts the most pressure on the scales, so to speak, the group, the numbers of people, the individuals who put forward their platform, their belief system, their ideology, concerning what America should be in the near future. It is the group that is the most tenacious. It is the group that is the most committed. It is the group that is most dedicated. Without question, that is the group which will triumph. And if it is communism, Marxism, and socialism, their dream for a long time has been to take down America, ignite a communist Marxist revolution in America, and they are in the latter stages of that process. And so a, a red alert should be set off, a warning should be set off, because this is a danger and a threat that is beyond what most Americans, and specifically way beyond what most Christians, have the capacity to conceptualize and envision. And it's not because uh, the American people are not intelligent. It's not because the, the Christian people are not intelligent. The reason that they can't bring themselves to conceptualize or envision <clears throat> what a Marxist communist revolution will bring to America is because there's a principle of psychology, which, by the way, the Marxist revolutionaries and the communist revolutionaries fully understand. And this psychological principle goes like this. The human mind automatically the human mind can function to a large degree on autopilot. And part of that means that when the human mind is faced with upsetting things, 
things that don't make sense, things that are contradictory, things that could be of a great threat. When the human mind encounters those adversarial things, it is the norm or the normal for the human mind to subconsciously seek out a equilibrium status. The human mind will desperately uh, gravitate <clears throat> to ideas, beliefs, ideologies, and understanding that will allow the human mind to feel comfortable with the new and often disturbing data and facts that are being presented to it. So in any given situation, when, when you have the, the implosion or ex- explosion of traumatic events, revolutionary events, uh, events that you never, never, ever thought would happen in your lifetime, when those events began, begin to explode in magnitude in your inner consciousness, what your mind does automatically, <clears throat> it's a survival mechanism, but it can also destroy you. Your mind automatically changes gears, and your mind automatically seeks out a situation, uh, a state of consciousness, a, a uh, depiction of society, a new normal for society. That will allow the individual human being to, to enter a state of rest and to be able to like relax and, and not go into a full-blown panic attack or, or a complete meltdown. So the mind is always seeking equilibrium. Now, again, this works good and it works bad. So let's say, for example, you grew up in a household. Let's say whether you were a male or female young child, you grew up in a household that was highly abusive. They were violent towards you. Not only that, you grew up in a household not only which was violent towards you, but you were, as a young boy or a young girl, very, very harshly sexually abused in a very cruel and traumatic manner. Now, what happens when these children who were sexually abused, boys and girls, mature and get older? Well, what happens is they begin to subconsciously seek out a restoration of the equilibrium. In other words, since being sexually abused, sexually traumatized, uh, having to endure sexual violence, etc., etc., since that was their norm or normal, when they become adults, they subconsciously do not seek out psychologically whole psychologically sound, psychologically balanced uh, homes, husbands, wives. What they seek out 
And this is a very common thing, and it becomes a psychological, repetitive trap. Women, especially, who are sexually abused as young girls by fathers or grandfathers or whoever, and treated brutally and sexually abused at the same time, that uh, set of behavior patterns and that state of very negative consciousness is and becomes their normal. So when they are seeking out relationships, when they are seeking out a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a new relationship, or a potential husband or wife or family or whatever it is, what's really going on deep inside of them is they are subconsciously gravitating towards a a rebonding with with what was their normal growing up as a child. Now the sad tragic thing is their normal as a child was to be sexually abused, emotionally abused, to be beaten up, to be subjected to violence and other horrible cruelties. That is their normal. And so they seek that out. And so what you see in girls, but boys too, who have undergone these tragedies, um, they gravitate again towards these tragic, sexually abusive, violent households or relationships because that is their normal. That reestablishes the equilibrium they need the balance they need, because the human mind will seek out what is called sameness. On a subconscious level, you will seek out what you experienced in the past, because that's your normal. So what you're doing is you're seeking out sameness. And then what happens to these girls and guys is they have to go through the whole cycle of sexual abuse, sexual violence, over and over again. Because what is it that exists deep inside of them psychologically? What is it? What, what components, what is going on in their subconscious mind that drives them to seek out relationships in which below the surface They are sexually violent, abusive, cruel, and harmful in in, in every way. They've done numerous studies. Many girls who, who, when they get older and they become prostitutes or strippers or call girls or or work in the sex industry or whatever you want to call it, and they will allow themselves to be it's very sad, but they will allow themselves to be violently sexually abused. And that will be the way they make money. Or it can manifest itself in the fact that these girls will will often uh, seek out wealthy men, wealthy businessmen or men who are wealthy and powerful in, in different fields. They will seek them out looking for a way to reestablish equilibrium. And so they find themselves subconsciously bind of bonding with toxic, toxic people. Okay, now that we understand that, that, was a, that had to do with psychological balance and uh, sex. 
and seeking out the, whatever your normal is. But you see, the communists and the Marxists and the socialist revolutionaries are highly, highly sophisticated in how they implement uh, communist Marxist revolutions and how they brainwash the masses, how they uh, use mind control on the masses. And what they're really doing is they're utilizing a similar strategy of dark psychological principles to get people to buy into communism and Marxism and socialism because they are horrible experiences. So it is important right now in history that that you, that every one of you listening and the people you know, both conservatives and Christians, it is of the most paramount importance that at this time in our nation's history, that every conservative, every human being, every Christian has the highest level of consciousness and awareness regarding the nature of communist revolutions and Marxist revolutions, which are taking place right now, at this moment, inside the United States of America. And the, the goal, the end game of these communist Marxist revolutionaries that have infiltrated all stratas of American society, their end game is to take away all the constitutional freedoms that Americans have to completely rob you of like freedom of religion, freedom of press, freedom of speech and all your other constitutional rights and liberties. In a communist revolution, their intention is to steal all of that away from you forever. And they do that in a, in, in a mode of having no conscience whatsoever. The communist revolutionary, the Marxist revolutionary, the person that has bought into communism and Marxism, they have gradually allowed themselves to be transformed by a satanic ideology in which, in communism and Marxism, there is literally no right or no wrong. So there's no moral right and no moral wrong. And under communism, their ideology teaches them that. Um, they are allowed to ignite and create a communist revolution, um, and they, they, there should be no restraint morally, psychologically, or with their conscience. Under communism, it's the, the slogan states, by any means necessary. As communist revolutionaries, they are allowed to use any means necessary in order to bring about a communist revolution. So they have total internal justification for killing people, slaughtering people, torturing people, murdering people, brainwashing people, sending people to concentration camps, mass starvation, mass killings, mass shootings, mass indoctrination, 
brutality that is beyond belief is all allowable in a communist revolution. Because communism is a system, it's an ideology, it's, it's, it lies, it, it doesn't acknowledge the spiritual, but communism is built on radical atheism, radical secular humanism. Communism is built on Satanism and the occult. Communism does not believe in any moral concept of a right or a wrong. All things are totally permissible in order to create a communist revolution. And they don't have to hold themselves accountable in any way to any kind of internal morality. Any kind of absolute right or absolute wrong is completely irrelevant. The concept of a real God is totally irrelevant to communists. Communists do not believe in a real God. They don't believe in a right or a wrong. And they don't believe they're going to be accountable to God. As such, they allow themselves the luxury of doing absolutely anything in order to accomplish their communist Marxist revolution. Now, everywhere communism goes, because communism, when you separate communism from objective fact, when you separate communism from uh, um, historical fact, objective fact, data, historical information, and you just examine communism scientifically and don't allow it to be diluted or blended with your preconceived ideas or bias or romantic ideas about communism. Communism expands and conquers based on one primary principle, the principle of endless and continual lying and propaganda and uh, uh, mind control and brainwashing. Communism and Marxism proceed conquering nation after nation through lies, through heavy duty deception, through propaganda, through mind control, and through brainwashing. People do not become communists uh, due to rational, normal, intellectual considerations. People become communist revolutionaries and Marxists due to purely uh, irrational, illogical leaps of logic and uh, invoke complete distortions in the human mind. Because you see, when you examine the facts regarding what communism has done, to many nations around the world, you see that what they promise the people, they promise the people heaven on earth. They promise the people a worker's paradise. They promise the people a fair redistribution of wealth. They promise the people that all their freedoms will be restored. They promise the people that everybody will have a great equally paying job. They make all these utopian promises to the people. They promise the people that they're going to bring in a worker's paradise and a utopia on earth or a heaven on earth. None of this ever happens. Why? Because they're lying. 
And so when a communist revolution occurs, the norm, the, ex, the, the historical norm that you can observe factually, when you, for example, calculate what happened during the uh, Chinese Communist Revolution, the Bolshevik or Russian Communist Revolution, the Cuban Communist Revolution, the Cambodian Communist Revolution, and so on and so forth, you can examine those nations and you see factually, as a matter of historical fact, that in every one of those nations, the people, the workers, the peasants are thousands of times worse off, far more poor, far more destitute, starving. They have slave labor jobs. All of their freedoms have been taken away, and they have never been worse off in their lives. That is the norm in terms of measuring the results of communist revolutions. And when you add up the the death toll of just the communist revolutions that I just named you, you're talking about, historically, in terms of fact, the massacre, death, starvation, and shooting and killing of anywhere between 175 million to 325 million people were slaughtered, starved to death, shot in the head, sent to concentration camps, sent to re-education camps, and brutally crushed by communist totalitarian regimes. In short, communism and Marxism brings about hell on earth. So, what's the problem? The problem is that once upon a time in America, American youth essentially believed in biblical values. American youth believed in capitalism. American youth were motivated. American youth enjoyed and celebrated and believed in their constitutional rights, their right of freedom of speech, freedom of the press, uh, freedom of religion, and all the other rights, the right to bear arms. Young Christian men and women knew communism was deadly and dangerous, and they knew the facts about communism, and they would never have been seduced by the lies of communist revolutionaries. But because the Christian church over the last 50 years has largely rejected the Bible, rejected a biblical worldview, rejected biblical truth, rejected Jesus Christ and his laws and commandments, and rejected patriotism, nationalism, rejected morality, and has rejected biblical principles. Our entire society of adults and young adults and college students, they have moved from being Bible-believing Christians who love the Lord, who take a stand for Israel, who, who are patriotic, who believe in capitalism, who believe in the Ten Commandments, who believe in the biblical God. There has been a massive move sociologically among Christian students and Christian young people who now have totally rejected capitalism, Christianity, uh, our biblical rights and wrongs, our freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and freedom of the press. And now 
there has been such a radical change in the minds and the hearts of Christian young people that the average Christian young person has joined what is called woke culture. And in woke culture, they have succumbed to the brainwashing, the mind control, the social engineering of communist revolutions. Because it is woke culture, and all woke culture is a secret code word, woke culture is the same as communism, Marxism, and socialism. That's all woke culture is. It's hardcore communism and Marxism. And in woke culture, this is when communist revolutionaries infiltrate Christian schools, Christian churches, Christian youth groups, Christian colleges, Christian universities, Christian youth. Woke culture has created a communist Marxist invasion in every institution, including the church in America. So what used to be ministers or youth ministers or pastors or denominations or seminaries or schools of theology that taught sound doctrine, that taught the Bible, that that taught the biblical basis for America and the American Revolution, that used to be the norm. We have transitioned into a new norm where, because we have rejected God's Word, we have not championed God's Word, we have not been aggressive in our apologetics of God's Word, and we have allowed the enemy that hates God, that hates the Bible, we've allowed the enemy to infiltrate every quarter of American culture, the media, the film industry, the churches, Christian religion, and so on and so forth. So communist revolutionaries have penetrated and infiltrated all aspects of American society and American culture. And what they are doing as fast as possible and as aggressive as possible, they are attempting to penetrate every single institution in America and using communist Marxist revolutionary principles, they are radically transforming Christian individuals, Christian students, Christian churches, Christian institutions, and every level of society, they are radically transforming through through the preaching, communication, propaganda, social engineering, and mind control of hardcore communism and Marxism. They are creating the inertia. They are creating the momentum to when 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 the when a crisis of any kind comes when a crisis of any magnitude comes to America you have hiding in the corners vast armies of communist young revolutionaries woke culture waiting to seize the time waiting to seize the moment when America appears to be destabilized And then they are going to violently seize the time, riot in the streets, burn down our buildings, our institutions, burn down our churches, round up Christians of all ages, send these Christians of all ages on railroad trains and buses 
to remote re communist re-education camps and to remote communist concentration camps where they will be subjected to mind-altering drugs, torture, sensory deprivation, and constant and endless 24-7 brainwashing propaganda and social engineering. So their end game is they want to convert all the Christian youth, all the Christian adults, and the average American public. They want to radically convert them into card-carrying communist revolutionaries who no longer believe in God, who no longer believe in sexual morality, who no longer believe in right or wrong. Their only objective is to ignite a communist revolution that will effectively topple America, destroy the American way, destroy the American constitution, capitalism, and Christianity. They want to ignite a violent communist revolution which will result in the mass killings of Christians, conservatives, and ordinary people who will be kidnapped and arrested on the street and then shot to death or taken off to re-education camps or concentration camps. The government of the United States of America will be violently overthrown because the communist revolutionaries have penetrated every law, uh, lawful organization and, and police organization and military. The communist revolutionaries have penetrated all of it. And so when the crisis erupts, and it will erupt, it could be a dirty nuke, it could be a nuclear bomb, it could be a biological weapon, it could be the, the electrical grid crashing, it could be an invasion from China or Russia or Cuba. Uh, it could be uh, uh, an economic collapse. There are an endless series of potential scenarios which could cause the chaos um, and the upheaval that communist revolutionaries thrive on. And if that happens, they are already trained and already prepared the communist revolutions are prepared to go into the streets, seize law-abiding Americans of all ages, steal their homes, their property, their money, and then kill them. And they, they, they inte uh, intend to keep moving into every sector of society, bringing about this radical, hardcore communist revolution. They have no restraint morally. You've got to understand this. So it's going to be mass shootings, mass beheadings, torture, guillotines, mass imprisonment, mass starvation, mass brainwashing, mass injection and, and distribution of a powerful psychedelic mind-altering drugs to subdue the masses. Now, here's where you need to listen and be very carefully. And because they have been diligently preparing for this for many decades, they've been planning, strategizing, rehearsing, and financing for this for many decades. They know and they've already compiled a list of who their enemies are. And so when, when chaos strikes, 
they intend to move as quickly as possible, as violently as possible, and finish off their communist revolution. They will not have local police or local law enforcement because that disrupts the, the, the communist dictatorship. All police, all law enforcement will be federalized. It will come from the federal government because all communist revolutions need a police force and a military force that they totally control. If you distribute uh, the, the balance of power among police and military, et cetera, et cetera, and you have it distributed uh, in terms of a balance of power to all different local you know, police, local uh, military, et cetera, et cetera, that interferes with the communist plan of total violent military takeover. And then you have to understand that you need to educate yourself about this. You need to learn about this. You need to understand with everything in you that that radical communism and Marxist revolutionaries are not entities in and of themselves. Marxist and communist revolutionaries are totally financed by the super-capitalist class. They're totally financed by the globalist elite. They're totally bankrolled by um, the wealthiest and richest international banking families in the world. So when the day is done, you can go to any communist revolution and you will discover that the people that are really behind these violent communist revolutions are the wealthiest uh, and richest international banking families in the world. It is those super rich, super capitalist banking families that are that finance all of the communist revolutionaries. All communist and Marxist revolutions are the result of financing from the globalist elite and the wealthiest international and richest banking families in the world. So the, the Great Reset, where, where Klaus Schwab comes out and says, you'll own absolutely nothing, but you'll never be happier in your life, that is a classic communist statement. The, the, the ideology that you will own nothing, ownership, is the enemy of communism. Communism preaches and teaches that you should own nothing, that you should should not have any private property. You can't own your own house, home, job, business, money, wife, children. You can own nothing. So Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, they are secretly financing communism. And so when they spread the lies and propaganda that state you will own absolutely nothing. That is total, full-blown Marxist and communist revolutionary talk. You will own nothing, but you will never be happier in your life. That's communism. And they intend to violently steal all of your wealth, all of your money, all of your pensions, all of your houses, your cars, any savings you might have, any money you have, might have, Anything that you worked your entire lifetime for will be stolen from you 
and your wealth will be radically redistributed by the communist Marxist revolutionaries. And remember this, the heads and the financiers of communism and Marxism are the super-rich capitalists, the wealthiest and richest people in the world. And they have no intention whatsoever, now or in the future, of giving up one penny of any of their ownership. If you look at their financial records, they continue. The globalist elite, the Great Reset, continually uh, increases and expands the monetary value of their ownership. And every day that passes, the richest people in the world are getting richer and richer and richer, and they're owning more and more and more. Their ownership is both obscene and colossal. It's all subterfuge. It's all covert revolutionary activity for them to disguise the fact that they are getting richer and richer and richer and richer, while simultaneously you're getting poorer and poorer and poorer and poorer. So, so you have to understand what's happening. You need to read what their objectives are. They are very well organized. They have penetrated the unions. They have penetrated the school districts. They have penetrated so many sectors of our society. You think that you know people and unions and groups and industrial and business groups, etc. You think you know something about them, but let me warn you that you know very little about them. And if there is an exponential crisis, you are going to be shocked and terrified to see that their benevolent and compassionate masks are going to be ripped off their faces and you are going to see them for who they really are, which is brutal communist revolutionaries that have penetrated every sector of American society. And when they ignite their communist revolution, they're going to have their revolutionary youth burn down the cities, burn down property, steal the property of anybody who has any, and they will throw the masses of the working class and the middle class into prisons, concentration camps, and re-education camps. Do you understand what is about to happen? Okay, you say, well, how do you know this? The facts are everywhere and they're overwhelming. If you want to read about it, I talk about it extensively in all of my books, beginning with The Day the Dollar Died, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, the, uh, the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, and many other books that you can get at huge discounts at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Let me re- the Day the Dollar Died has all kinds of information on how the Super elite, the richest and wealthiest international banking families in the world, the super capitalists have secretly been financing capitalism. And remember this that capitalism is secretly the agent of uh, super capitalism. Communism and Marxism is the secret agent for um, Marxist and communist revolutions. It's a way of seizing all the money, all the assets, all the labor, 
all the property and and simply disguise it as a communist revolution when in reality it's really a bloodthirsty heist by the globalist elite using their marxist and communist armies to steal all the wealth of the middle class and working class in nation after nation. So let me read you some things. Um, Okay. First of all, you know, uh, the the wealthiest families in the world, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, they've been bankrolling communism and Marxism for, for, since it's the beginning. And they uh, are ruthless. So let me give you a few facts about how communism takes away all your wealth and money. Okay? You need to know that. In my chapter of my book, The Day the Dollar Died, entitled Kool-Aid Drinkers and How Capitalist Bankers Finance Both Communism and Adolf Hitler, uh, let me just read it to you. One. Only the very ignorant actually believe that communism or socialism is about wealth redistribution and utopia for the worker or common man. Common man. Starry-eyed communists and Marxists are like the members of some bizarre religious cult. They continue to believe, in light of the enormous contradictory facts, that communism or socialism is a means to help the common man, which it's not. That's the big lie. If you look, all these communist revolutions and Marxist revolutions have been financed by super-wealthy capitalists for the purpose of increasing the wealth and power of the super-wealthy capitalists. And so that's what happened in Russia, China, Cuba, and Venezuela. You see the masses of people. There, there are, is almost no middle class. The people are starving and in poverty. But the communist elite are very, very, very wealthy. And let's take the story of Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler created the National Socialist Party, which took all the wealth from the common man and woman of Germany and used it to finance their plans for global takeover. Now, another dictator... um, of communism was named Vladimir Lenin, who launched the communist revolution in Russia. Like Hitler, Lenin came from a poor family. He was the son of low level of, of a low-level bureaucrat. Lenin spent most of his adult life in poverty. Yet mysteriously, Lenin received large sums of money to create the Bolshevik or communist revolution. So where did Lenin and Hitler get all the big bucks to finance their communist and national socialist revolutions. Well, let's look. In 1914, the international bankers created what was called the Federal Reserve System in the United States. One of the primary purposes of the Federal Reserve was to cause the U.S. government to build its economy on debt. The secret weapon of the globalist elite is to get the working people and governments into hardcore debt. Never forget it. Debt is their secret weapon. And then the international bankers would then collect 
interest on the debt. If you want to know why we never balance our budget, if you want to know why we're shooting our our deficit into the range of like $26 trillion and our dollar is inflated because we're printing money from nothing, and that every year of my life since I've been born, all I've heard is politicians talk about uh, reducing expenses and uh, cutting the deficit and making the dollar strong. And yet never once did it ever happen. Do you know why? Many of you do. But you need to educate your friends because they don't know why. This is the reason why. The secret weapon of the international bankers and the richest people in the world is the, is the reason the U.S. government runs on a massive deficit and continues to spend more money than it has. This is their secret weapon. In addition, through the establishment of the Federal Reserve, it transferred a small group of the world's elite globalist bankers to control all of America. The international bankers have the power to buy any election, pass any law, and control all the major media. Immediately after the Federal Reserve Act passed and President Woodrow Wilson's administration ran up the national debt 800%, ever since that time, America has become a debtor debtor nation. Now, now listen to this. America should have the most, has the most powerful economy, the most powerful economic engine in the entire world, and it has had basically since its beginning. So how come, since America has the most powerful economic engine in the entire world, how is it that America, year after year and day after day, is always having an ever-increasing debt? The debt load, and when I say debt, guess who pays the debt? The middle class and the working class. How is it we have the most powerful economic engine in the world, and yet at the exact same time, America has become a debtor nation? How did America get to be a debtor nation? Today, America is the world's largest debtor. Okay, here's the answer to why today America is the world's largest debtor. The international bankers who own America Their number one scheme is to encourage America to get in debt and more in debt and more in debt and more in debt. Why? Because then the the American people are forced to pay the super rich bankers. The American people are forced to pay off the debt owned by the super rich bankers, and the bankers make massive, massive amount of amounts of money just from, from getting all the interest being paid to them by the working class and the middle class due to the ever-increasing deficit, the ever-increasing debt. They have the system rigged. They are making trillions and trillions of dollars. If you think the, tr- the deficit is an accident, if you think the trillions of dollars of debt is a mistake, if you think that our government can't seem to get the deficit in control, 
You've been bamboozled. You've been sucker punched. That's the intention. Debt is the secret mechanism by which the international bankers basically build thousands of oil wells in their backyard that never stop pumping. It's a heist. It's a scam. And everybody knows it. Almost everybody. Now, the Bible warns about this, but since Christians in America have rejected the Bible, um, we're, 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 we're under a curse. That's what happens when you break God's word. The Bible says that the borrower is the slave to the lender. So we, the American people, are the borrower to the international bankers, to the super capitalists. What does that mean? You can figure that out really quickly. Since we're the borrower to the international bankers, that means we're also the debtors to the international bankers, which means in plain, simple English, we are the slave to the lender, the Bible says. The borrower is the slave to the lender, the Bible says. So when push comes to shove, America and the American people, we are the slaves to the international bankers. They own us, they control us, and they have enslaved us. But you can't totally blame them because we violated the commandment of God. We spit in God's eyes. And we violated God's commandment. The borrower is the slave to the lender. And so because we violated that basic biblical principle, the violation of this simple biblical principle transferred the ownership of America from the people and government of the people into the hands of the international bankers. So after the Federal Reserve Act was passed, this is, I'm reading for, to you for, word for word from my book, The Day the Dollar Died. After the Federal Reserve Act was passed, the international bankers put in a new form of taxation. And that meant we had to pay the interest on this new national debt. This is rigged. This is rigged, man. And if you can't see it, I don't know what to tell you. So the new kind of tax they, they passed is called the progressive income tax. This comes right out of the Communist Manifesto written by Karl Marx. Okay? So every American is subject to the progressive income tax. But that was never in our Constitution or Bill of Rights. The, the progressive income tax came right out of the Communist Manifesto. And remember, the Communist Manifesto was financed by the international bankers. The progressive income tax was one of the key means that Karl Marx developed that would transform America into a socialist communist state. Our founding fathers had the Boston Tea Party to protest unreasonable taxation. Well, that's over. America was once a capitalist nation, and the whole idea was, if you worked hard, saved, bought your own house or land or whatever, you could reasonably expect that the, that, um, that the, that the hard-working 
that the wealthy and the hardworking middle class and the hardworking working class would oppose the graduated income tax. Why? Because the graduated income tax uh, means you pay more taxes as you as as your property, especially real estate, as your property increases in value over the years. Guess what happens? Your tax on your property increases over the years. And then if you try to pass on your wealth to your children and grandchildren, like the super rich (coughs) bankers do, guess what happens? Whatever you're trying to pass on to them in terms of wealth, in terms of real estate, you have to pay a graduated income tax. And so your children and grandchildren and so on don't get the money they should get. They're not getting the money that the the kids of the super rich get because we decided to reject the Bible and we became the debtor to the lender. That's the price every time you reject the Bible. Okay, so the hardworking middle class or working class, class, we're the ones that have to pay the majority of taxes in our nation while the super rich have legal loopholes, lawyers, and they create tax-exempt foundations, like Bill Gates has the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations. And these foundations protect them from having to pay um, huge taxes. You see, because they created foundations to, to hide their, not hide, but to protect their wealth in, they're not paying the taxes that you and I have to pay. So, it gets nasty. It gets ugly. Um, the creators of the Federal Reserve System they intentionally planned that it would benefit the super rich. So Senator Nelson Aldrich was one of the men who helped create the Federal Reserve and a close relative of Nelson Aldrich Rockefeller. The media knew about the whole thing, but they were in the tank like they are today. And Senator Aldrich spoke that he was basically a mouthpiece for John Rockefeller. But when you look into the early career of Senator Aldrich, he railed against the income tax as communism and as socialism. These these politicians switch <coughs> boats like, like crazy. Um, and then he went from opposing uh, the, the uh, graduated tax, and in 1909, he had become one of the main promoters, excuse me, he went from attacking the income tax, and in 1909, he became, sorry, I'm mixing this up. In 1909, he became one of the main promoters of the graduated income tax. And the middle class was being fattened like a pig. It was being set up to pay off generations of massive debts to the Federal Reserve and international bankers who created foundation schemes to avoid paying taxes. The socialists looked the other way. And remember that, the socialists and communists and Marxists are always in bed and financed by the super-capitalists and the super-rich 
and the international bankers. Never forget that. Well, we've just touched the, the, the tip of the iceberg here. Let me just remind you of one thing. During World War I, the big international bankers um, like J.P. Morgan, John D. Rockefeller, Colonel House, Jacob Schiff, Paul Warburg, had loaned England large sums of money to finance their war in World War I. Now, for the international bankers, this was one of the safest and most profitable investments um, they could ever uh, make. War is one of the biggest money-making investments for the super-rich that could ever be. When you're looking at global affairs right now, never forget that war is a huge money-money maker. Paul Warburg helped America and England to finance their share of the war. And at the same time, his brother Max Warburg held one of the highest positions in the German government, and he lent the Germans billions and billions of dollars to finance their war. So let me break it down to you. The international super-rich banking family of the Warburgs, the Warburg international banking family fortune was controlled by two brothers, Paul Warburg and Max Warburg. Paul Warburg helped finance uh, the war for America and England, and his brother Max Warburg helped finance uh, the German government and Hitler, the German government, uh, for their war efforts. So let me tell you what that means in simple terms. The international bankers, like the Warburgs, financed both sides of the war. So when soldiers were dying in England and in America and France and Paris and all over the world, the bullets, the bombs, the airplanes, the gas, the, the, the massive armies, all the millions of people who died and were slaughtered in World War I, it was the international bankers who financed both sides. So the bullets that were killing Americans were paid by one part of the Warburg family, and then the bullets killing the Germans were paid for by the other part of the Warburg family. And in addition to that, the entire communist revolution, which occurred in 1917 from start to finish, was financed entirely by these exact same international banking families. So, when you look at this communist revolution brewing in America, seducing your children, who do you think is brainwashing your children to become communists and Marxists and socialists? Who do you think that's brainwashing your children in the educational system and the mass media to become Marxists, socialists, and communists? Who do you think it is that's financing this ramping up of a full-blown communist revolution in America right now. Well, you got it. The international bankers, the richest men and women in the world, they are bankrolling the communist revolution that is set to explode in America. And along with that, they are bankrolling 
the brainwashing, the mind control, and the propaganda that is uh, getting into the head and minds of your children, causing them to reject Christianity by the millions. And that same international banking money is financing the social engineering, the brainwashing that is causing your children to become full-blown communists, Marxists, and socialists. So you better wake up, and specifically, you need to check out your church and find out what they're teaching. Because if they're teaching critical race theory, guess what? That's communism. If they're teaching woke culture, that's nothing more than communism and Marxism. You need to personally join with other people, visit your local school, check out the school board, actually read for yourself, read some of of their um, stuff and books that they have to study. I have. I have done that. And knowing all that I know, let me tell you something. I was still stunned and shocked. This was about seven years ago. I was, I was stunned and shocked. I knew everything that I'm telling you now. This book, The Day the Dollar Died, was written a number of years ago. I was up to speed on the whole thing. But then um, we sent our kids to Christian schools. And so I read. Uh, my child's high school um, English and literature studies that he was studying in a Christian school. Now, I may be a lot of things, folks, but I don't think you would call me a fool. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe on selected occasions, like this occasion. And let me tell you what I saw when I studied intensely. The, the literature course in the Christian high school that my child was attending. I observed like a hard slap in the face by Godzilla. Imagine what it feels like to be slapped in the stinking face by Godzilla. That's what it felt like when I carefully read the instructions that at my child going to a Christian school, how they would have to read and study uh, a list of particular books. And then they gave them the so-called option. And that's total propaganda. They didn't give them an, an option. The option they gave them was the equivalent of, let's give you a choice. Would you prefer to worship the devil or would you prefer to uh, worship Lucifer? That's no option. That's a sucker's option. So I read the instructions, and I realize that the assignment is that you have to critique. Remember those communist Marxist words, <clears throat> theological higher criticism? Remember how important it was for the Frankfurt School Marxist professors to employ higher criticism? Remember how often communists and Marxists use the term criticism as in critical race theory? So I'm reading instructions that are teaching the student to criticize <clears throat> literature that he supposedly and she supposedly could choose from. But again, it was a choice between the devil and Lucifer. 
I'm not stupid, man. All this was 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 a hypnotic programming technique that any moron on the streets of New York City could have figured it out. So how come all these Christian pastors and Christian seminaries, and and most of all the heads of the Christian high, the heads of the Christian high schools and the heads of the Christian colleges, how come they couldn't figure it out? I'll tell you why. You want to know the truth? You're being sold down the river. They, they didn't figure it out because they didn't want to figure it out. They're not stupid. Let me say it again. They did not figure it out because they didn't want to figure it out. So this word critique is like you, you could get a choice. You could, put on sun, you could put on critique sunglasses. This is my parable. You could, you could put on critique sunglasses that would give you permission to evaluate uh, a famous book on literature from the feminist perspective, or you could put on your critique sunglasses and evaluate a famous piece of literature from the Marxist communist perspective, or you could put on your critique sunglasses and uh, read a, a famous literary book from the perspective of like a uh, an occult psychologist, very famous in history, whose name was Carl Jung. And then there were some others that were really out there. Okay, so I'm in hyper-focus to this consistent, repetitive instructions, which are telling the student, the Christian student, that they need to critique these famous books of literature through the lens of either communism. Oh, no, another one was feminism. You critique uh, a particular famous book through the lens of feminism. So you can critique through feminism, critique through uh, Jungian occultism. You can critique through Marxist um, um, uh, communism. You can critique um, from a number of perspectives. Now. The way that works in terms of help of self of, of self hypnosis is that when you train your own mind to perceive reality or to perceive <clears throat> a, a book through a specific assigned grid or point of view, like feminism, like Marxist communism, like occultism, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, what you're doing is on a subliminal level, you are brainwashing yourself to see reality or to see the reality inside a chosen book through the perspective or lens of Marxism or communism, feminism, occultism, and, and other non-Christian points of view. You've already figured it out. You know where I'm going with this. When the student goes through that exercise, they are training their minds to perceive the world and to perceive these books as if they had an internal mental point of view of communism, Marxism, feminism, occultism, and some other things. Now, you can already figure out what the end product of that little funky game will do. That little make-believe subliminally and hypnotically trains the mind of the student to adopt the perspective, the perception, and yes, the belief system of Marxist communism, 
of feminism or occultism. Thus, the educational uh, methodologies being used by evangelical Christian schools are in reality really all about mind control and brainwashing the students to become communist Marxists, to become woke, to become feminists, to change their gender identity, etc. That's what it's all about. Now, now I'm stunned because I'm in hyper-focus. My eyes are burning like laser beams as I'm analyzing this stuff. And I can't believe how fraudulent, how disgusting, how, how selling of your soul this, this thinly disguised literary critique slash puke is. It's an abomination to God. It's intellectually dishonest, and it is pure and simple psychological, social engineering, programming, and mind control. And you want to know why your kid wakes up one day after you've got in debt to pay for their Christian education, and you can't figure out why they're a communist, or they're woke, or they're a Marxist, or a feminist, or whatever else they were programmed to be in Christian schools. Well, let's go just go. I'm just giving you an example of one little morsel of the entire Christian educational spectrum. Since the time I discovered that, I also ran into another heist, and that is critical race theory. Once again, When your children are being indoctrinated in critical race theory, critical race theory is the opposite of biblical Christianity. Critical race theory was invented by the Marxist communists and the Frankfurt School Marxists to program uh, Christians to reject their faith in Jesus Christ and to thoroughly program to become communists and Marxists. And they use a brainwashing social social engineering mechanism known as, originally known as the German schools of theological higher criticism. And lately, due to woke culture, they have tweaked the name of this form of communist indoctrination, and they call it they call it critical race theory, using a communist Marxist technique for brainwashing your child manipulating their God-given passionate concern regarding racism, but manipulating it into a communist indoctrination methodology. You better physically check out. You better read what's going on in your school. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. you got to do it now because time's running out. 